If you've been sexually assaulted, it is important to remember that it wasn't your fault. Sexual violence is a crime. Don't be afraid to get help. It is widely thought that in most cases of rape, the offender is a stranger. The fact is, the majority of people who commit rape know their victims and in some cases are relatives, friends, neighbors or colleagues. My name is Kimberly Wachku and this is a story of a childhood interrupted by rape. So when my mommy and my dad went to church, Marie knocked on our door. Nancy is that Nancy is Papa Rupo. Nancy wait off my mommy and Nancy I went to church. So my dad and Nancy I went to church. Nancy I should help me and buy dress and Nancy I'm preparing for church. When I prepare for church, I will collect the money. And that's okay. Nancy is coming to go and bring the money for the church. Me and I went inside. Just I'm preparing for the church. And I saw him standing on the pallet. And she gave me the money for the church. And I hold my hand. And I push him on the chair. And I shouted that. And now cover my mouth. I say, cover my mouth. I told my partner, I wonder if he hears anybody's mouth, he will come inside and kill me. Nobody will know. Agnes was 12 when she got raped by a 56 year old neighbor, a man who has had a good relationship with her parents. Before the assault, she was just a little girl, full of life, focused on school, play and family. But she's now forced to seek safety in a shelter and hoping to get justice and find healing. I met Agnes and her mother at Dorothy and Germanze Foundation-run shelter, a safe space for survivors of sexual and gender-based violence in Abuja. Her mother shared with me the harrowing account of what happened after her daughter was raped. So I come back, I meet my daughter in the chair of my parlor with the blood on the seat. So literally following the Mongago Color Police, I arrest the man as we go to police station. They carry the man, go test with my daughter. The result will come out that the man is false, he's safe, he's a body. We continue police station. The motor and they begin to do it, turn it like this. Police people that turn it to the man bribe the police people. The police people now say that it is we. We pay the man the damage. Before they say it, they tell my daughter to kneel down. My daughter kneel down. I want to raise a hand up, raise a hand. The other policeman remove his shoe, then force her. Then I say, me, you know, make sure only that man name, make him make sure another person's name. My daughter come make sure another person's name. Now come tell us, say, it's not only that man rape my daughter. There are two. Police people come say that we go pay the man damage. Man begin to rape. Now carry the case, go to a court. Since when would they go to that court? For one month nine months when they go court if you go then go prosper the courts if rich house the man go there we don't win them we don't win them with a wife while they were waiting for a hearing date in court 
they found out that Agnes is pregnant. A parent with four children already and struggling to make ends meet had a difficult decision to make to keep the pregnancy or drop Agnes out of school. The time my daughter is pregnant, we suffer a lot. Why? Because every month, my daughter used to sick and we were admitting for hospital. No hospital we will go when they no go admit my daughter every month. And each hospital will buy blood. I never see the person when they give blood before they hear donating blood, donating blood. I see it for my daughter. And at this we are buying blood. Nine months. The time of the deliver, we rush into hospital. We don't buy pack you to save deliver. Twenty-seven thousand. This was the general. And for they will go register. Doctor shaking her. He said that uh, the, uh, my daughter cannot deliver by itself. It too small. The place is no open. No porosho. So we bring money. We can go back. Go the boro boro. You do everything, thank God. It's our life, the baby's life. <sighs> a child with a child. With a baby in tow, Agnes's mother said the alleged rapist became even more agitated and started issuing threats. The man is raking, say that we must make sure that my daughter and her baby is now alive. You know how they know, he's raking plowed. We'll call him my daughter, come out for the compound, we we'll run, go far away, rent one room. Me and my daughter and the smallest one will live there. So that the man will not keep my daughter as he talk. That place me will rent one room. This man still located there. Want to kidnap my children. Now for there, I better and see them. Come to school, my children. If not, I know sure that my daughter and her child, even me, will die alive up to now. And it was Dorothy Njemanze, gender advocate and founder of DNF, who came to their rescue, providing succor through the DNF run shelter. It was somebody at uh, Channels Television that notified me of the case. At the time, they had started going to court, but the rapist and his people were looking for them to kill because the child is evidence of a crime. And so they ran under the rain, called for immediate help, however we could help, and that was how we took them in. It's a very simple thing. A minor is pregnant. Do DNA test with all the people. The result is slam dunk. We don't need to look left and right or ask too many questions. It's, this is about a year now that they are here, and so we are hoping for judgment. But what does it cost a survivor like Agnes to get justice? Cost of access to justice is very expensive. It's expected to pay for her medicals, pay for the medicals of whoever violated her, pay for uh, police visits to the uh, crime scene, pay if the matter gets uh, transferred to the legal department, you know, goes to prosecution, to litigation, pay the police prosecutor, pay appearance in court, which is an average of 5,000 naira, to foot the bills of her witnesses, if any, anytime they are going to be in court. Remembering also that a, an appearance in court may result to adjournment of case, you know. So these are the burdens and what the system expects of her. The time of this, my baby, my daughter pregnant, it may cost my family. All the money we will have, not, not, not. 
even to eat food. No way. Because of this issue, our money for house expire. My Lord, give me more quick notice. Turn to pack. I'm going to pack my landlord throwing things out. I'm going to call my children. Go to my sister. My husband, they die. All of them live there. Now, for all of them, touch themselves. Up to now, my children is not going to school. Up to now, we are still going to court. There's a lot to distill from the story of Agnes, whose childhood is interrupted by rape. Family system can be disrupted by a single incident of rape. Survivors of rape face such a torturous ordeal to get justice. Some will need a safe space to stay away from their abusers. And minors like Agnes who get pregnant will face possible health complications during pregnancy and childbirth, leading to more trauma. And many will be forced to drop out of school. Agnes's story is that of many young girls who face violence from home and people they know. I wish to assure all our women of this administration's determination to fight gender-based violence through the instrumentality of the law and awareness creation. I am particularly upset at recent incidents of rape, especially of very young girls. The police are pursuing these cases with a view to bringing perpetrators of these heinous crimes to swift justice. Thank you, Mr. President. So, how big is the problem? The United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund reported in 2015 that one in four girls and one in ten boys in Nigeria experienced sexual violence before the age of 18. Dayo Gumbi, the center coordinator for Cheche Yara Child Advocacy Center, a sexual assault referral center that responds to child sexual abuse, gave insight into the data. We have to put a number to that. We're looking at 17 million children. Actually, exist at the present population of 200 million. We are looking at about 17 million children who will be sexually abused before the age of 18. If I was to go by reports that have been reported to us over the years, we have had over a thousand cases of abuse reports. And one in every two of those cases are cases of uh, child sexual abuse. So when I'm saying to us, I mean as an organization, both across Lagos and Africa, there's no single year that we get less than 200 cases. Now imagine one in every two of those cases in the case of child sexual In fact, last year was a little crazy due to the COVID-19 lockdown and all of this. 90% of perpetrators are known to the survivor, they are known to these children. So they are not strangers. They are family members, they are neighbors, they are people known to these children. So these are people that live within the environment. When you hear uncle, so, 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 the uncle in the next door, neighbor or something. Of course, their fathers that even do that to their children. We've had a lot of cases of father perpetrating abuse on their children. It's very difficult for a stranger to just pick up a child on the street and abuse the child. There's a place of familiarity, there's a place of they get to know each other, they were changing, grooming and all of those things. So, it doesn't just occur in a day. Disaggregating the complaint received by the National Human Rights Commission in 2020, 
sexual and gender-based violence had a high frequency with 11,200 rape, 9,680 sexual violence and 17,800 cases of child sexual abuse reported in one year. Director Women and Children Department Hariobe said SGBV continues to be one of the most prevalent human rights violations in Nigeria. Gender-based violence is a serious human rights issue and so we receive complaints bordering on sexual and gender-based violence. There are some complaints that actually go through the whole hog of investigation. We have it recorded, parties are invited, their sites are actually taken and assessed, then decisions are made. Then that one will now go to council. Council ratifies it and goes for enforcement. There are other complaints that are both criminal and both human rights in context. Those ones can be handled simultaneously. The human rights issue, most times we flag it to ensure that the welfare of the victim is protected. Not just ensuring justice for the victim, but ensuring maybe the health, shelter sometimes. Because the first thing you have to do is to remove the victim from the violating environment and put the victim in either a shelter or in an environment that is a bit suiting or prevent further harm. Governors of the 36th state via the Nigerian Governors Forum unanimously declared a state of emergency on rape in 2020 after a series of high-profile cases of violence perpetrated against women packed nationwide protests. Despite the declaration, rape persists at alarming levels. And according to the report published by Amnesty International in November 2021 titled Nigeria, A Harrowing Journey, Access to Justice for Women and Girls, survivors of rape. Most survivors are denied justice, rapists avoid prosecution, and hundreds of cases of rape go unreported due to stigma and victim blaming. Lemmy Uhebe, founder Men Against Rape, decried the poor quality of police investigation into rape cases. Um, the issue of rape has become a pandemic and child sexual abuse or statutory rape has also become very uh, endemic in our society today. And this is so because there's been a lot of empty rhetoric on the part of government and security agencies that should deal with this matter. You find that when you have a case of a victim, a survivor as we say, sexually abused. You find that when the family raise alarm over it, take it to the station and all, even the police people, the law enforcers, who should take it seriously, they begin to say, is it your first time? What were you doing there? They begin to say all sorts to shame that survivor instead of helping out. So you find that survivors of rape and sexual-based violence are not silent. They are silenced by our empty rhetoric and lack of empathy. Our law enforcement officers, particularly the police, which you deal with it also, are largely ignorant. We've made increasing call for specialized gender desk, where people who are trained to know how to deal with issues of SGBV are the ones manning the desk. But you just see, apart from one or two police stations at the point we are making these calls, they try to paper the crack, do an emergency situation, get people in. But before you know it, the same people that uh, civil society NGOs in this direction are working with to train 
to build their capacity. After six months, seven months, they have transferred them out. So there is really no gender desk in practice. There is gender desk in theory just to fulfill the optics. Unfortunately, an effort to get the police to comment on their handling of sexual and gender-based violent cases proved abortive at the time of compiling this story. The Violence Against Persons Prohibition Act, VAP, was passed into law in May 2015. One of the commendable provisions of the Act is its expansion of the meaning of rape. While other existing laws limited their scope of rape to protect only females in relation to vagina penetration without consent, the VAP Act has taken a giant stride to expand the meaning and scope of rape. By virtue of the Act, rape is when a person intentionally penetrates the vagina, the anus, or mouth of another person with any other part of his or her body or anything else without consent, or where such consent is obtained by force or means of threat or intimidation of any kind. The Act made provision of live imprisonment for rape offenders, also provided 14 years imprisonment for offenders aged 14 and below. In other cases, a minimum of 12 years imprisonment without an option of a fine. But what is the level of implementation of the Act? I visited a national agency for the prohibition of trafficking in persons, NAPTIP. The agency mandated to administer the provision of the Act and spoke with Chineya Namdi Edoga, the VAP coordinator. When it came into force, it was just FCT. But having 29 states from 2015 to now, having them domesticated the law means that the level of implementation is spreading. When you look at the VAP Act itself, we have uh, done a whole lot to implement the Act. For instance, we have the HIMAT level. HIMAT is high multi-agency team. It's like a policy-making team of heads of various agencies, like 10 agencies. We have the IGP, Commandant General of the Civil Defense, the Statistician General, Minister of Women Affairs, FCT Minister, DG of NAPTIP. They sit down and analyze the level of implementation. The act also talked about sex offenders database, which the Act empowers us to do. It's been set up. So the idea is to shame these offenders. The sexual offenders register is for convicted persons, not those still on trial. We've really, really gone far, but there is more to be done with regards to the implementation of the VAP Act. On the sexual offenders register, do we have a figure to know the number of cases that have come through you that you have handled and the one that we saw convictions? The database was actually launched in November 2019 and uh, so far we've recorded like 575 cases, gotten 78 convictions, 320 cases are still in court, and one 73 cases under investigation. Is there a reason why we have slow rate of conviction compared to the cases that have come in? The criminal justice system in Nigeria is a little bit slow. The judges have a lot of cases and there are a lot of issues that make the cases not to go on smoothly. 
But to a reasonable extent, the judges are really, really trying. The Lagos State government introduced a system whereby there are judges they assign most of these cases. To. Like a special court? It's not a special court in court because if you are to bring in a special court to handle sexual and gender-based violence cases, we have to amend the constitution. On the interim, the innovation Lagos State's judicial system has brought in makes sense and I also crave the indulgence of all the state judiciary to see how they can accommodate that in their system. What they have now is to assign all these cases to specific judges. So these judges handle these cases. They are trained on them. The training is not just the judges, they also have court officials that they train on it. So if other state judiciary adopt that, it will go a long way. What are the challenges is there in dealing with the case of sexual and gender-based violence? Number one is inadequate funding. Then we're looking at uh, synergy of the stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Trying a lot to get everybody on one desk. Another issue is we need more SAC, sexual assault referral centers. As it is now in Abuja, it's only one and the location is far. That's boring. So imagine a situation whereby you have emergency call at night, a rape case, and the person is in town will say you send a person to Buari. So it's good we get more in strategic places. I am aware there is one in town but it's privately run the Cheche Yara Child Advocacy Center. Mm-hmm. You don't work with them. The one in Buari is under a government hospital. So yes. The cases of children, do you get a lot of cases of child sexual violation being brought to you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like uh, the two high-rated convictions we've gotten, they are cases that have to do with children. One life imprisonment, one 12 years imprisonment. So. Nigeria has very low conviction rate for rape cases, which contribute further to gender-based violence because perpetrators are not held to account. Chioma Onyenucheya Uku, acting chair, Nigeria Bar Association Abuja branch, highlights the challenges and what needs to be done. So at the risk of um, sounding judgmental, I don't think that a lot of our judges have a good grasp of the provisions of the VAB Act. We have a few um, international NGOs, donor agencies, and even local organizations who have weighed into organized trainings and what have you, but a lot more needs to happen in that regard. We don't quite yet have the judiciary fully understanding the intentions of the VAP Act. And if you'll agree with me, it's a fairly new legislation, 2015. So not many of these cases have gone before them. Not many of these cases have been tested enough, you know, to gain some sort of um, notoriety of tradition. Do you get? So it, 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 it appears to me that we still need to do a lot of trainings and sensitizations around it. So sensitizations enough that victims and the society are aware of the provisions of the act and also are willing or emboldened by law to step up and ask for remedy. Then again, because the dockets are usually full with, of course, competing matters, it is difficult to now say this is more ranking than the others. So if we have special courts, we know who the target judges are, who should get these specialized trainings, and then we're able to retain them 
as institutional resources to build on the knowledge gained and the experience acquired in the dispensation of justice around the subject, which will serve us better in the long run. All reported cases of rape must be thoroughly investigated and perpetrators must be prosecuted and, if convicted, sentenced with appropriate penalties. The police must provide all necessary support to survivors and act in line with their code of conduct by providing safe processes of seeking justice for survivors to report rape and other gender-based violence and get justice. And the court must ensure that cases of sexual violence are fairly and promptly prosecuted. Back at the shelter, Agnes and her mother restlessly await justice two years after the incident. Experiencing child sexual abuse is an adverse childhood experience that can affect how a person thinks, acts and feels over a lifetime. It's not an easy thing. On different occasions, have you ever seen her crying on her own before because of what she's going through? Yes, they break down. We all break down. We all break down, everybody. We all break down. But we are our best support system because we have been there. I love to see my brother. I love to talk to them. I love to speak with them. We love to play together. We love to do everything. Sadly for many like Agnes, the hope to return back to live their normal lives is like the wind, fleeting, as they have lost most part of their childhood. The only way to bring a little bit of sukkah to their fecal hope is to get them justice. And together we can, by reporting, supporting, and making sure justice gets served.